It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, December 30th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is a little tired after last night's game, but it was worth it for that overtime win, finally. Yes, the first of the season. All right. Well, we got it in under the wire for 2022, so uh, let's get the show going. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news, our episodes. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. We are going to talk about that overtime win versus the Sharks. We've got a Kings game this weekend to preview. We've got more World Juniors updates and we are going to give our New Year's resolutions for 2023. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well. Russ, getting straight into that game, I was a little worried, I got to say, in the overtime when he deployed that two defensemen, one forward strategy again. Luckily, um, at first it looked like it was going to be a little clunky and then it sort of kicked in and it was okay. Mm -hmm. So I think this was the first time that it looked good. Yeah. So that's, that's a positive for that. Yeah, I I think that, you know, it's not something you would expect from most teams, I would say. But, uh, you know, Torch seems to think that his defensemen are the ones that can really lead in this wide open game like that. And to some degree, I understand it. I mean, there's a reason why the Sharks put out Eric Carlson, right? Yes. Because he is that kind of player. So why not have two guys like that right. out there on the ice? No, it's fine. It, I mean, it, it did work out. And, you know, that did fully, um, fully, that was the full end point of the comeback. But we got to remember, it's the Sharks. And they were behind a lot of this game. So there's good and bad in this one. Yeah, there really is. I think from both teams, it was kind of a mess, especially defensively early on in the game. Uh, So many missed passes, giveaways, losing, just losing the puck on a simple play. I think both teams were kind of suffering from it intermittently throughout this one. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that's fair. Um, It was sort of like a loose game for a while. And Mm -hmm. neither team really was going to run up the score in this one. You could see it. So, yeah, I mean, like from a Flyers perspective, Ursan played fine. Uh, I I didn't see anything alarming and I didn't see anything great. I think he was okay. Um, Right. From uh, like a Cam York perspective, there was good and bad. You know, this is a big jump for him. So I got to give him time to see if he can do it. Um, 
you know, there was a bad penalty, but then he drew a penalty. There was, you know, he's still a minus. He was on the goal, on the ice for a goal. That's not great. Uh, There were times where, you know, he is opening it up offensively and, and looks pretty good. But in the end, if he's going to do that, it has to equal points. And so we'll see if that actually equals points down the road. Style points is one thing. And I know everybody wants to show videos with guys getting style points, but at some point it still has to, it has to show up on the score sheet. And surprisingly with all the offensive freedom, he only had one shot that got through. Yeah, it was, I think a good effort for the first time around Uh doing this kind of play and being on that top pairing for a good portion of the game. Uh, definitely needs work, like you said, yeah. but I, I think it's a step in the right direction if this is the role they want him to play. You know, still, we got to talk about if it's the right role for him yeah. moving forward. I think we just need more time to evaluate that. But I think, you know, for a first outing at doing s- stuff like this, it's all right. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely say it's all right. And we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, what I don't understand is you know how Nick Sealer is second in shots. Right. I don't understand that. Yeah, I think there was uh, first off the Sharks had uh 16 blocked shots. So I yes. think that had something to do with it uh and they doubled up on the Flyers in blocked shots in in this game. So that definitely was a factor in terms of shots getting through or not for the Flyers, but ultimately, you know, the stat is what it is. And yeah. Nick Sealer, you are correct, should not be second in shots on, on the team for a game. But, um, you know, I, I do want to give credit to Tony D'Angelo uh, right now because, you know, obviously he got the game winner in yeah. overtime um, and it was a really great play. It was. Uh, I, I was very impressed. Uh, seven points in the last three games. He's got three goals and four assists. Uh, I think that, you know, we're getting closer to what we expected out yes. of him offensively. Yeah, I think I think he's almost there as far as that goes. So I think that's very fair to say. And And based on that, yeah, I mean, We'll see if he can kind of keep that going. And, you know, this time it helped engineer a win. So, you know, even better. An overtime win, which is elusive. You know, now they're one and seven. Yeah. Or one and, yeah. One and six. One and six. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. There's like five or six teams in the league right now who have seven overtime or shootout wins this season. Yeah. It's like the Flyers are just getting their first and have lost seven of them. So uh, maybe it's padding the stats of other teams, but uh, at least, you know, we're, we're getting the post holiday break off to a good start on that front. And like I said in the opener, getting it in under the wire for 2022. Before we yeah, I think that's an year. important thing. Like you said that, and I was like, yeah, you know, you want to go into the new year at least feeling halfway decent, and that is something that no matter what is going to be a positive of this trip. Even if the, the rest of the trip is lousy, at least, you know, they'll have that. Exactly. Uh, I also want to talk about Travis Konechny, who mm-hmm. had yet another good game, fourth multi-point game in a row for him. And he's really taken over this team uh, in a lot of ways and been the example out there. And I think he's, you know, he can be a little bit more selfish, I think, sometimes. Uh, I think that 
you know, occasionally he'll he'll make the pass when I think he should have taken the shot. But I think that um, overall he is really saying, no, we've got to like get down the ice, get down the ice fast and make something of it every time we're out there. Yeah, he's directing a bit more and and I mm-hmm. like it. You know, we're seeing that that fire out of him again. So, no, he's he's having a great year. There's no taking it away from him. That's he is one of the bright spots of this year. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really impressed by what he's been able to do. And, you know, I do wonder if at some point Tortorella is going to say, maybe I'm going to put an A on his sweater. I I don't even want to talk about it. Like the whole thing is (laughs) nonsensical. It's like, of course, there should be A's right now. Like, come on, what are we doing? Yeah, I just think in terms of the requirements that John Tortorella has set, in terms of leadership yeah. on this team, he meets the criteria for that yeah, leader. Sure. I of course. Uh in terms of special teams, you know, obviously there was just the one power play. So yeah. it's hard to make any overall judgments. Uh they did get some shots on goal, but no high danger chances uh, in that period, which you know, you want to see a little bit better from the power play, but again, just one opportunity. Yeah, I mean, it'd be better if they were to hit it than miss. Um, power play is still what the power play is, and, you know, the penalty kill still gave up a power play goal, so it's not like the shortened razor sticks did anything. <laughs> I mean, one one for three is not exactly stellar. You know, that's that's above league average. So I can't say that we're seeing an improvement there either. Right. You know, the penalty kill looked good until it wasn't. Right. That's exactly right. In that particular penalty kill where the Sharks scored, it was looking really, really strong. They made some really quality plays. And then that amazing goal. I mean, that goal was almost unstoppable. But at the same time, you know, to prevent him being in that position to be able to score. That's the key of it. Is what is what the problem was there, and so, you know, hopefully we can see some more improvement on that front as well. But overall, I'm pleased with you know, again, Tony D'Angelo playing well. There's and- one little thing I'm worried about, and not from a player standpoint, from the coach. Like I thought, Joel Farabee was fine that game. He um he did a lot of good things, but he had that penalty at the end, and you mm. saw the coach react. And I kind of hope he's not really going to hold this against him, even though. Look, that was one time where the penalty kill worked and it helped right. you know, the, the comeback started happening. But again, I hope he doesn't hold that against him because, again, he's having enough trouble this year, Farabee. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. All right, well, we are up against the LA Kings coming up next. We will talk about how the Flyers can maybe get a win streak out of this. And now an important message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks and a few becomes too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. 
Everyone knows the risks of driving drunk. The results are tra tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Russ, uh, the L.A. Kings are the Flyers' next opponent, and they've been having, I think, a, a good season, but not, I think, a great season in terms of taking a step forward from last year, which was maybe, you know, they took more steps forward last year, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you're looking at a team that has had some really good results, but also have struggled at, at times over the season. And at the same time, you know, they're in a, in a division where there's an opportunity to, yeah. to be high up in the standings and, and they are. Uh, but uh, I think this should be an interesting game just because, you know, traditionally the Kings have played a, a pretty good shutdown system where it's a low scoring game no matter what you do right um one thing to you have to look out for with the kings though is even though they're middle of the pack power play like 23 percent, they're dangerous like mm -hmm. once you get 23 you know the leafs are 24 they, they've got guys that that could hurt you on the power play so this is a situation where again we're going to say don't test out the new penalty kill don't have the penalties if you could help it. Another thing that's yeah. going to be a, a key point of matchup is they have some size. Uh, even though some of their guys aren't playing full minutes, like Byfield's not playing full minutes, you still have Adrian Kempe, Gabe Velarde. These are big, strong guys. And now you're going to you know, ask Cam York on a top pairing to start handling the big beef on, on those teams. And Provorov's going to need help. It's not going to be enough because they're going to have Drew Doughty out there and he is hard to deal with on any given night. So this is going to be a big test for the uh, for the new for the new defense. Yeah, I, I think so as well. You mentioned Quentin Byfield. You know, he just got called back up from yeah. Ontario in the AHL and he, you know, he had only had three assists in eight games for the Kings earlier in the season, got sent down and in 16 games in the AHL, he had 15 points um, and was the top goal scorer for Ontario. So I think the, you know, the call up was pretty well-deserved um, but he's still only getting those limited minutes for the Kings. Do you like, do you think he'll move up in the lineup? I don't think so. Uh, right now, like Kopitar last game was at 63% in faceoffs, and Deneau right. is at 54%. So I think, you know, he's going to be right there, three or four C. But the issue is, listen to those faceoff percentages. That's another issue yeah. in this in this game. Like, those are two of the best faceoff guys in the league. So again, mm. this is an area where the Flyers are going to have to really uh, figure it out and it's going to be a tough call for Noah Cates, who I feel like has gotten lost in the offense lately. Uh, maybe this is a way he can um, he could stand out if he could stand up to at least to know. Um, another guy you got to watch out for in this game is Alex Ayafala, just because he's slippery. Fiala is very talented, as you know. Arvidsson's fast. Like this team has the ability to score more than they have been, 
So you can't like go in there saying, well, they're not scoring that much. So there's a lot of guys you got to cover and they have good penalty killers. Like it's just, you got to watch out. You do. Yeah. That top line with Kopitar and Fiala, those are your top two scorers on the team so far. And so it's going to be a tough one. And, you know, that second line, like you said, is no, joke either with Dano no. centering obviously having those strong phase-off skills and Aya follows on that line with Arvidsson and I just think that top six is really uh, gonna be tough I, I think you know the, the Flyers top six can match up with that at times but for a sustained 60 minutes I think is gonna be a, a really difficult thing but you know on the other hand you look at the Kings last game against the Avs, they gave up four goals to the Avalanche in the yep. second period alone of that game. Now they yeah, they have lapses. Come... There's no doubt. They do. They really do. And the Flyers are going to have to take advantage of those lapses and play really hard um, and, and make offensive pushes and stay out of the box. When the Kings aren't playing well, you cannot allow momentum to shift because, you know, as the Avalanche found out, they scored two goals of their own in the third period and wound up winning in the shootout. Yeah. I mean, this would be a good game for um, the real Kevin Hayes to kind of show up Mm. because, you know, in his last five, he's got one assist. That's it. And this was a guy that was on fire for part of this season. And, and he does, he's not banged up. So obviously there's still something going on with him. Now he played a little better, marginally better yesterday. But he's still now in this mode of pass first, and he's not going to shoot much. He did get a couple shots on goal yesterday, but this is a game where he is one of the bigger players could really help here. Yeah, I, I think so as well. And especially if they keep that line together with Scott Lawton and Wade Allison, I know they shuffled the yeah. lines in the third period yeah. to help that comeback. So I don't know if, if we're going to see the shuffled lines again or we're going to see the original lines. But I, I do think that. Uh, that that third line is going to have to just step it up a notch a little bit. And I saw, you know, Wade Allison got a little bit wrecked in that game against the, yeah. the Sharks. He was like getting tossed around and knocked down a, a lot. I, I worry think. about that. Yeah, I do too. So I, I think if there's a way for Lawton and Hayes to like shoulder the burden on that line a little bit, I think that would be good, especially against the Kings, like you're saying. Yeah, one thing I'm noticing, and I'm starting to notice it in games, is that um, physicality seems to be on the rise. Now that we're getting to like the halfway point in the season, uh, I'm noticing a lot more guys getting rocked in games. So you really do have to watch out, and you really do have to protect your teammates in, in these upcoming games now. Yeah, but just not to the detriment of the team. You got no, no, no. I just mean, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Absolutely, yeah. Not, not to get crazy about it, but now I'm just watching games where there's just so many big hits. Not just like little things, but like when you're talking about getting rocked. There's a lot of big hits now. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I want to touch on World Juniors before mm-hmm. we get to our New Year's resolutions, and we had our two guys in the tournament play up against each other uh yep. usa won over switzerland five to one in that game and i i felt like 
they could have played a stronger game. You know, that loss to Slovakia was brutal. Oh, that yeah. Team USA had. And, you know, they really. But had Slovakia to... has some talent, though. We can't deny that. Yeah, they did. But USA just did not play well in that no. game and didn't no. react well and adjust to what Slovakia was doing. And so yeah. it was really important for Team USA to have a good game against Switzerland, who had been playing well themselves in the tournament, you know, and had yes. been 2 0 up until that point. And, you know, I think they did mostly okay. I think they could have been more dominant, but um, I, I think that that top line continues to impress with Cutter Gautier, and he had two assists in that game. Yeah, the only thing is he's frustrated that he can't score, and you can mm-hmm. see it. Now, the good thing is is that, you know, Tyler Boucher is around to get some of these rebounds. So right. that's that's been a big help. But if that hasn't happened, Gautier is a little – a little struggling on the on the goal scoring front. So the one thing I noticed, and this is where I'm going to default back to what we talked about before the season began, when he is going in the crease, he's losing the battles in front of the net. And he is a bigger guy. So everybody wants to say, well, he's a bigger guy. He's a man. He could play in the NHL. This is why I want him to have another year at college because I don't believe in the next three months, all of a sudden he's going to get strength to the point where now he could deal with the NHL and the rigors of it because once he's in the offensive zone as a bigger man, he's going to be a target. He's, you know, they're not just going to let Cutter Gauthier shoot everything he wants to shoot. And if he's going to want to score more, he is going to have to get in the crease. But as far as this tournament goes, uh, he has been great for assists, but really he right. does need to score a little bit. If they're gonna if they're gonna win gold, he is gonna have to score. Like Snuggerud's been covering for them well because right. he happens to be a guy that is unafraid to shoot and shoot from a million different spots and it's working. And and that's been a big thing for them. And Logan Cooley's Logan Cooley. Like Logan right. Cooley. If anybody ever had any doubts about Logan Cooley, you certainly don't now. And still again. If you're going to tell me, I'm going to just keep defaulting back to the devil saying that if, if Simone Nemec, who has played well, was truly the best player on the board, I'd like to know because Juracek's been a, oh, he was great the last game and Cooley's been off the charts. So is he really better than those two? This is where you got to, you know, <laughs> do one of those. Yeah. Just uh, getting back to Cutter Gautier, I, yes. I think your your point is, is a good one because I've noticed he's really, really good coming through the neutral zone. Like he'll be the good yes. puck carrier and, yep. you know, and scream down the ice with the puck and then he dishes it off. And then when it comes back to him. He, it, that's where he's having trouble generating yes. the shot. So he's a huge part of the rush, but he's not part of the finish. Right. And they could be getting some more points and they probably will need it as they get on. So hopefully, you know, he'll he'll get hot at some point, but he's playing well. I, you know, I can't yeah. beg his performance. And, you know, Zanetti, I thought Zanetti was fine. Like his zone entries look good. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, when you're talking about a team that's really overmatched and you're, uh, you know, a top pairing D-man for them, I, I thought he he did as well as he could do. He's certainly playing up in weight. We know that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought that because of the competition, it wasn't his best game of the tournament. Right. But, but it was it was a solid game for yeah. for him, can, all things considered. He and was I noticeable. He's having, yeah, he's having a really good tournament. He is. I think this is going to be a nice springboard for him. And again, I wish he were on a better team. But there is the positive that since he's not and he's on a okay team he gets a lot of ice time and a lot of responsibility exactly 
All right, we are going to get to our hockey New Year's resolutions coming up next. Russ, uh, we were talking offline before recording, and neither one of us are huge New Year's resolution kind of no. people in terms of our personal life. But in terms of hockey, I think there are some good resolutions to be had out there. And uh, I think for me, I want to start with continuing this goaltending trend that I've been paying attention to goaltending in World Juniors. And, uh-huh. you know, I, I'm very intrigued by Trey Augustine's play for U.S. and and whether or not he sticks in terms of the rest of the I know. I, I can't tell you I'm 100 percent confident in him. I'd be a liar. Yeah, I don't know either. But uh, and Berico has a lot more ability, but he's not the safe guy. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But I think that that's kind of a springboard for me to pay more attention to goaltending in general, in terms of training technique and digging into really how goaltenders are developed in in a way Mm -hmm. that I haven't before. I mean, I understand the position, obviously, and I understand what makes a good NHL goaltender, but how do they get there, I think is Mm -hmm. a a really good question that, you know, we focus a lot on skaters, but knowing the the details of that process, I think will be a good New Year's resolution for me. That could be a lifelong journey. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you may have bit off a lot there. We'll see. But I like the idea because it is something that um, we I, I try and put more emphasis than I have the year before. And it's a hard position to figure out. As far as goalies, though, I am really done with goaltender interference. I don't want to tweet about it anymore. I don't want to talk about it on the show anymore. The the the, the line is so blurred now that I have no idea what it is, and I just wish it would go away. Like, not to say I want goalies to get killed, but I wish it would go away because the rules were tightened up, but they're not. No. So that's one... I don't know. I think that they're obviously going to revisit it again in this off season, like they do every off season. <laughs> but that's one thing. The other thing that's kind of irking me a bit lately is, and we've seen a lot of this over in the NFL now, all of a sudden, uh, and it's happening in the world juniors, like all of a sudden refs are like, you know, Hey, all the, they want to be entertaining, uh, you know, talking about the face-offs in the world juniors, because they had a problem the game before one of the refs said something, you know, now when they're showing their penalties, they're they're I think they're more exaggerated in their arm movements. Like, listen, guys, you're not the star just because your mic gets open for 30 seconds. Just <laughs> do your job. Keep your head down. Nobody cares about anything other than you calling a good game, which we appreciate. But we don't need star referees. We don't. We saw that in like the 80s. And I. I, for one, was never a fan of that because I, I just don't think the ref should ever take away from the spotlight of what's going on on the ice. And I sort of see this happening again now because they're getting so much TV time. You know, there there's pros and cons to it. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that there's certain guys out there that make it part of their thing that they do and yeah. you know maybe they think it'll it'll get them some of the more high profile games they'll get the Stanley Cup final uh mm-hmm. but uh we'll see um i think my other new year's resolution and this is going to be a hard one to stick to but i want i want to eliminate from my vocabulary they're 2 years away from being 2 years away i think okay i'm for that i think that it's you know it 
it's become a burden at this point. <laughs> and I just want to take it, you know, one step at a time. And I think the Flyers are in a really precarious. Oh, so you're going to trade one cliche for another? Well, Is that in terms of my approach to the Flyers, I'm not going to okay. use that phrase repeatedly. Okay. But in terms of the Flyers being at a precarious point, we're not sure what the future is for the current management and, uh, you know, what the future could hold in terms of that. And so I, I feel like that phrase has run its course and we need to move on. We need to approach this from a different perspective. So that is my other New Year's resolution. I love it. Yeah, let's get rid of it. All right. Uh, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. Uh, we didn't really talk about Owen Tippett that much. About well, we knew game. he was going to get talked about, though. We, yes. We knew it. Yes. But I think that he really put forth a strong effort in that game against mm-hmm. the Sharks. He was always noticeable, always trying to make a play happen. And so yes. I, I want to highlight his goal in that game because that really did spark that comeback. And you It can- did. It was a nice goal. Yeah. It was fiery. Yeah, no, it was a really and he well had a lot of really good energy after the goal. Yes. He was like, come on, guys, we can do this. And yes. I appreciate that. So Owen Tippett's goal is our fun thing of the day. Uh, that'll do it for today, but we'll be back on Monday. As always, we'll have our recap against the Kings. We've got another Flyers After Dark game against the Ducks to talk about. And we will have our nemesis of the week. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen today. Now make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend, everyone. See you next year.